This is the Marketing Podcast Network. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Stories influence, teach, and inspire us. But what about the storytellers who create them? Uncorking a Story profiles storytellers to uncover how their background and life experiences influence the stories they create. We learn what motivates them, their path to success, and what fuels them to keep creating. It all starts by asking one simple question. Where does your story begin? Welcome to Uncorking a Story. Now here's your host, Mike Carlin. Well, hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today I'm pleased to introduce you to KK Weekly. KK was born and reared in Wexford, Ireland. She's written 11 books and plays for the stage. She loves to read historical fiction and a good love story kind of book. And she writes tales of castles, warriors, hell demons, witches, and whatever else comes to that very creative mind. Her latest series is The Saket Saga. Uh, the series has three books now and a fourth one, it sounds like, on the way, which KK will tell us all about momentarily. Welcome to Uncorking a Story, KK Weekly. Thank you. KK, tell me, where does your story as an author begin? Um, The story for, oh, for me? For you, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I've been writing for about 16 years. And um, initially, the first thing I ever wrote was a play. Okay. And um, this um, when I first started started writing books, um, it had started off as a play and it just kept going and going. And then it turned into a trilogy. So, yeah, the never the never ending play. What 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 were you doing at the time um, before you were kind of writing? Um, what were you doing for a living? What what was what was going on in your life? Um, I actually I was working um in a residential home for um disabled intellectual and physical disabi- uh, disabilities, which I went to college for, and um I loved it. And I used to write on nights because I used to be doing like twelve hour night shifts, and um when everybody was sleeping, then I do a bit of writing, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great job. What, did you always have the dream to, to be a writer? Was that was that like when you were a little girl? Were you yeah. dreaming about that? Well, when I was really young, actually, I used to spend all my time um, writing down and copying stuff out of medical books, believe it or not. And I used to draw all the diagrams and um, I'd spend hours doing it. And um, uh, that's kind of how it started. I just had an interest in it, but then I always loved like the, Darish folklore and all the stories that kind of surround all that kind of my heritage and all that. So, Uh yeah. Um, Yeah. So it sounds like you, uh, you grew up in Ireland, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, What was your, how would you characterize your childhood growing up in Ireland? Oh, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, made it so fun. Uh, Well, I was just, um, I was just telling my husband the other day about one of the times that, um, my brother and myself and my cousin Frankie and 
um, a couple of their friends, we were over in um, one of the rooms of the castle and um, we were all playing and um, pretending to be knights and what have you. And we decided to go down and uh, walk along the train tracks and uh, out to Shell Island out in Karkar. And then we we misplaced like the time and we had to we had to run because the train was coming. So we had to jump down at the side, you know, over the water. And, you know, it was just little things and when I think back now like it's kind of I was a bit dodgy but it was a lot of fun but <laughs> it's like whoops <laughs> if what? my kids did it now I'd be like what were you doing yeah it was like <laughs> that's right it was good for you but maybe not for them right uh. <laughs> tell me uh about that that play you wrote the first play um, um so it's your first stab at writing something like that yeah, it was a uh, Brotherhood of the Celts. Um, is based in like around the 17th century because that's my favorite time in history, and um, it is three Irish paquettes and three um Scottish Highlanders, and uh, they're uh, it's during the Battle of Culloden. Yeah, what what draws you to that period of time, the 17th century? I hate to say the wars, but I I really um I'm I'm fascinated in how they uh how they fought and the history surrounding what came about and you know a lot of stuff is going on um in that time in both Ireland and Scotland and everything and it's just the the whole thing when it comes together. I, I it's just I don't know if I ever went back in time I'd probably like to go there. Mind you, it'd probably be dangerous, but yeah. That's right. You'd have to go prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, what can you share with me about the Saket series? Okay, so this uh, Saket saga um, is set between here in Kashmir, where I live in Washington, and um, uh, Seattle, where two of my main characters are set. And um, the main thing is in Twisp. And I was looking for a small American, all-American town. And Kashmir is very much a small American, all-American town. But um, because I'm a local, I didn't want to get too much. So um, um, I went, I, I got on the map and um, I looked for this. And uh, Twisp uh, drew my attention because I liked the name. And uh, it reminded me of a chocolate bar. <laughs> so um, I wanted to find out more about it. So I contacted the chief of police up there, uh, Paul Boudreau. And um, I went up and I interviewed him and learned a bit about the town. And I made him uh, basically one of my main characters in Saket. He's Jack Boudreau, the chief of police um, in the book. And um, generally it's said about like a, a coven of witches in Twisp. Um, there's demons, there's Lucifer, there's Lilith. Uh, Sakesh is a piece of work, but I love her. She's great, but um, it gets dark, but there's a love story, obviously. Um, well, love interests, I guess. Um, yeah, it gets dark. I got, um, uh, originally I was like, maybe I'll try young adult, but I go too dark for young adult. Right. So it's adults. Right, yeah. right. Trying to, to kind of align with like Twilight or something like that. No, <laughs> I can't write Twilight. It's too foo-foo. But you know what? I read the books. I enjoyed the books, but I, I, I know I like dark and I like, um, I like writing for adults. 
Where does your fascination with with dark and witches and demons come from? I think it was um, where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of demons in in that part of Ireland. <laughs> I don't know about demons, but you know, it's like it's just everything. You know, you have like the folklore about the fairies and you know the bad she and the you know everything kind of comes. And I've always been fascinated with um the witch trials and. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that kind of I like all the the things surrounding it. It's interesting. So you have uh there are currently three books in the saga. Uh yeah. the, the fourth on the way. Uh, is there anything um you can share about that forthcoming fourth book or is it too early to talk about? Um no, it's not too early. I literally just finished it like about 20 minutes ago. So I am um, I'm kind of, I'm going to go after we're finished here, I'm going to have a shot <laughs> and celebrate. Um, <laughs> um, it's a continuation on, I wanted to do a standalone uh, for a character, just a standalone and just start with the beginning of one character and go on and on. But um, as it started, I couldn't leave out the characters that I love that much. So um, it's um, there's I in all my books, I always write Ireland into it. I always add some kind of entity. So there is like an Irish entity in it that's got involved. And um, I have the wisps in it and I have. Yeah, there's it. It's it's still dark. <laughs> it's dark. And um, I think that people are going to be surprised at who survives and who does not. Yeah. Well, with with um, with so many kind of books and, and plays under your belt, I'm curious, how did you build a career as as a writer? Um, and what what advice would you have for, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show are, are people yeah. who are writers, but also aspiring writers. What what kind of advice would you share with them? Well, I've always said never delete anything. Never get offended when you get a review that you talk could have been nicer or you know don't have any of your friends friends uh read your stuff and then say actually I would change I don't change anything because what you write is what you write and um you know that's that's up to your editor to change it and talk you through it and you know don't be don't be downhearted when you get rejected from publishing houses or finding an agent if you choose to go down that road mm-hmm. um it's a long it's a long road it's busy it's uh, time consuming um but it is it's very enjoyable if you have an over over imagination you'll you'll be good yeah well tell me yeah. um because i know one of the the hardest things about the process isn't necessarily the writing it's it's the business side of things and it is finding that publisher and and oftentimes to find a publisher, you you need to have an agent. So how did you find your agent? Mm -hmm. I, I really, really wanted Jan Carradies. I really did. And, um, I had, I'm not going to say I chased her. (laughs) I, um, I did contact her and I hadn't heard anything for nearly a year. And, um, then she contacted me and there was like um, underlying reasons um, that she had and it was her own personal thing going on. And um, I waited 
I waited and I didn't um, apply and I didn't approach anybody else because after a year I was going to <laughs> approach her again. And um, in the meantime, I just kept on writing and and um, when when she contacted me, I I did a little like dance. I was very excited. Yeah. And um, I was blessed then to get Barbara Ellis Unico. She is the most amazing editor. She sees she she always sees like the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the the full story, the content edit that that side of things, sort of making sure the story is um making sure it flows because as you're writing, unless you're going to go back, you get used to the story so much that well, personally, I do. Once I'm done, I'm not going to go back and read over it because I'm got so used to it. And I know what the story is, but then she can read it. And then all of a sudden she sends it back with like red lines. Go through it, go delete, delete. I'm like, oh my God, why? You know, so um, she sees she sees what I want. And then, um, you know, she could move it to another part or, and we'll discuss it. And yeah, she's wonderful. That's like a very collaborative working relationship mm-hmm. with your, with yeah. your editor. Um, oh, God, yes. So it, it brings to mind, I mean, there are some some ways, you know, aspiring authors go to find an agent. I call it like a buckshot approach where they'll just mm-hmm. query a bunch of agents at the same time. You, um, sounds like you did your research, you found yeah. Jan, and you just pursued her almost like in a in a monogamous like uh, like way. Um, why, <laughs> why did you choose that versus trying to, you know, you know, it's, I know it took a while, but, you know, why, what was it about Jan that you were just so... Kind of head over heels about you know i had done um my research on her and i had done my research on black hawk um literary uh, company and um there was no bad or negative anything about them and all i was thinking then was you know if it's meant to be it's going to be and um i'll wait out and i'll continue to do what i've always done and um, eventually, you know, if it didn't come to be, um, I would have eventually, you know, branched out somewhere else. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was worth the wait. So how has your your writing and your career changed since working with Blackhawk? Oh, like 110 percent. Not my writing per se. I still write the same. But to have the support system is massive. And then my publisher, um, they're wonderful. You know, I've had to, I've had to kind of, uh, there's been times that where I couldn't write because of my health and, you know, and I've kind of, um, I missed a couple of months at one stage where I couldn't write at all. So, um, and they were very understanding and no matter what I want, they're just like, okay, we got it. So, um, I'm, I'm very blessed with them as well. Yeah, there is the, um, the aspect of writing, you know, which can be a very solitary process, you mm-hmm. know, sitting alone, writing, you know, writing your work, drafting your manuscript, but then it becomes collaborative at some point, right? It becomes collaborative with uh, your agent, your editor, mm-hmm. um, and and eventually your publisher. Um, can you talk to the importance of that collaboration? It's huge. To an extent that, you know what, you can do a lot on your own. A lot of people I know don't want to go down the avenue that I went down. They're quite happy doing everything themselves, and they're wonderful at it. They're wonderful at the marketing. They're wonderful at all of that. 
me, I like having the support system so that if I'm completely unsure about something, I will have Barbara there. And then, you know, I can always contact my publisher and say, hey, can you look into this? Can you do this? Or is there any way that we can like figure this out? And that's great. But um, as far as marketing and stuff goes, um, you know, I love having a publicist. I didn't for a long time. And it got to the stage that I didn't even have time to write because when you're doing it all, you're literally doing it all. And then the time that you should be writing, you should be doing all this stuff. You can't. So for me, it's a it's um it's a massive thing. And I would never go back. I I no. I couldn't see myself been able to do it on my own. <laughs> it's like I got lazy, right? And I'm like, I just want to write now. Yeah. It's a lot of balls to keep in the air. And you have to people, what I don't think a lot of people know is that you know, being an author is like almost running your own small business uh-huh. and you can't, you can't do everything. Cause if you try and do everything, you know, you're, you're either a, you're going to burn out or mm-hmm. B you're going to not do everything to the, you know, as well as it should be done. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, many authors are not marketing experts, you know, they're not publicity experts. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found to be the best sort of publicity channels for you? Um, I'm always curious to know what what works for authors and and why. Um, I like the the social media aspect of it. I do very well online. I don't do very well face to face. Um, I get very, I don't know, awkward and you know. So I can I can talk, I can talk you out of rain online. Give me a subject. I can talk you around anything, but um. So socially, yeah, you know, Twitter, you have um, what you have, Amazon, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. So but again, sometimes um, I, I'll do it and do it and do it. And then all of a sudden I grow a little bit paranoid and I won't do it for a week or two. And then I'll go back to doing it. So um, there's a lot of avenues out there. There's good reads. Mm-hmm. You know, there's smash words, you know, there's all the competitions that you can enter. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. And the more competitions you enter and the more awards that you get, the more your book is more approachable, I guess. And the more reviews that you get. Reviews are so important. So the more reviews that you can get by being social and about by forcing not forcing by pushing your like um arc reads before your book comes out mm-hmm. you know so that's always that's always a plus and authors and stuff like that are very approachable when it comes to being um an advanced reader before it comes out so you know as this is you know the the writing community they're really good so that's good um, one thing I always like to do is, is get to know my uh, guests a little bit more through pop culture. And mm-hmm. I'm curious to know when you were growing up, what were some of the favorite things that you used to like to watch on TV? Assuming you <gasps> watch TV. Oh, at uh, the Simpsons, um, home and away. <laughs> it was an Australian show. Mm-hmm. Um, EastEnders, uh, Coronation street, the bill was a police show. Um, oh, the gladiators. 
I used to love watching the gladiators on Saturday evening. Was that yeah. American gladiators? Or was yeah. that- and there was, a, there was an English gladiators as well. So uh, yeah, we used to love watching that. But as soon as we got home from school, um, The Simpsons was on. Yeah. And um, there was something else. Oh yeah, then Home and Away came on and yeah. What about now? What are what are some of the things, some of the things you like to spend your time watching? Ooh, Yellowstone. No, I haven't gotten into it. I haven't started. Well, I haven't tried to get into it yet. Okay. Well, there's that, and then I I like I love Vikings, mm-hmm. um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. I like um I like all the serious ones. Um, if I'm gonna watch a comedy kind of thing, it'll be a film. It won't really be a series. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, what about a show called Evil? Have you heard of a show called Evil yet? No, but I did watch Wednesday, and that was excellent. I heard, I heard that's very good. Evil yeah. is um, it's on the Paramount Plus network, and it's yeah. the X Files, but with demons. Oh, uh, instead of monsters, so it might be something that you enjoy. That might be interesting. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Um, how about music? What did you like listening to when you were growing up? <laughs> no um kylie minogue oh of course okay like, yeah like australians apparently <laughs> yeah so i um i i used to love john cicada um the bgs of course abba um i grew up on um all like the um like abba and the bgs and leo Sayer and all that but uh my my all-time favorite was always celine dion Oh wow! And anything opera, I love um, Andrea Bocelli, um, El Divo, like anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I like it, I'm gonna listen to it. And I love Ice Ice Cube and Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> it varies. It depends on my mood. I love Garrett Brooks. It, it really depends. Now, do you ever ask your husband to uh, to be like a human karaoke machine for you and then play some BG? no but he is a musician so he could probably when he starts doing the eminem music i'm like here we go but um he can um yeah he he pretty much does everything yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and then what do you say what are some big insights you've learned about yourself kind of going through having written so much um you know what have you learned about yourself um, my writing style has changed drastically. Um, I look back on my first uh, book and I look at my writing and I'm not ashamed of it, but I see, I see the difference in how I, everything really, mm. you know, I am. Um, I used to when I first started, I would um I would write as I talk. So being Irish, you know, the our second language is the curse. <laughs> so um in my first book, um I kind of would I would just go off on it. And then when I reread it, I'm like, God, there's a lot of F's <laughs> in that one. There's a lot of everything in that. And um yeah, I don't uh I, I definitely find better words these days that would um you know, probably make people happier when they read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always have, um, um, I like to think that I write for everybody. So I always have like, uh, 
there's always two of my characters who will always have like a, a love interest oh. um that would be the same sex yeah and um, I used to I, I actually had friends that um I um I had done uh two characters uh Mackin and or, or Malachi and Hack and Mackin um and I got two of my friends to read it and they were like it's perfect don't take anything out don't add anything and I'm like okay but it's yeah you have to yeah yeah um, and then if you could go back in time and give the younger KK Weekly some mm-hmm. words of advice, what would you whisper into her? <laughs> I was coming home watching oh. The Simpsons every day? What would you tell her? <laughs> oh, um, there's a lot of advice I would give myself. Are you talking about in life general or just in writing? Uh, a little bit of both. Oh, um. <laughs> I won't do the life one in writing wise I would say don't change anything just do it like I I, I wouldn't change anything the way I did anything mm-hmm. because I've learned a lot a, a lot of how not to do something and what yeah I wouldn't change anything well what were some of the big lessons you learned um I think just to learn it's hard to put into words um like never to never never pay for publishing <laughs> you know don't do that um be resilient you know um there was times that um when i initially started when you have to really get used to having um responses from um all these people saying it's not going to work you know that doesn't work for us no you know blah 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 and then you know you I've learned how because of that you grow thick skin and then eventually you know when when they would come in then and um I would just be like nah okay you know so yeah you learn a lot when you when you've been doing it a long time, you learn what to get upset about and what to not care. I was gonna say something else, what to not care about. Yeah. I'm or watching myself. <laughs> you could you could swear on here, it's okay. Oh great. <laughs> he tells me now. I had so much going on in my head. That's why I'm tripping over my words. I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. Um, well, tell me, uh, where can people go and buy any of your books, whether it's the Saket saga or any of your other writings? Where can people go and buy them? Well, they're everywhere online. It doesn't matter. You can just Google it and you'll find any of them. Um, some of um, the Saket sagas have been sold locally here, but um, I think for for easiness sake, um, the best would be like the book depository, Amazon, Smashwords, all these wherever. Okay. Yeah. And... Um... Social media. Do you have a yeah. website? Are you active on social media? Mm-hmm. Where, where can people follow you if they choose to do so? No, oh God. Um. Well, there's my website. There's Facebook, Facebook, Twitter. Let me see. Let me count the ways. <laughs> my website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, simple site. TikTok, TikTok somewhere else i don't know they're just wherever it's everywhere 
So we'll look for those uh, social media handles and we'll put mm -hmm. them in the show notes for anybody who wants to uh, look you up or follow you. Uh, KK, thank you uh, for stopping by and letting me uncork your story. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Uncorking a Story. If you'd like more information about today's guest or to find out more about Mike, go to uncorkingastory.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in every week to hear Mike Carlin uncork a new story.